Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another, the very nearly Christmas edition of uh, the Monday check-in, but still technically liturgically Advent. Um, so, but we're close. We're oh, just inch by inch. We'll get there eventually. Um, I'm Damon Jensen Heitman, one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, in the middle of a very, very busy week. <laughs> busy week, lots going on. Um, some of which we'll probably talk about after a little while. Yeah. When we when we switch gears. But the Monday check-in, for those who don't know, which I can't believe that really there's anybody left in the world that doesn't know what this is. I mean, we have 49 YouTube subscribers. Yeah. It's going to be 50 before Christmas. That was your Christmas wish, and I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, we've been at it for nearly two years. I just can't believe that anybody doesn't know what it is. But Clearly. Yeah. Uh, but just in case, on the off chance that there is someone who doesn't know, uh, what we're going to do, what we would typically do, is uh, we'd read some scripture that we're going to take a look at at the upcoming Sunday service. And uh, we talk a little bit about that, some of the themes where we think that it might intersect uh, with our lives, with the lives of others. And then we'd switch gears and, and share a little bit about life of the church. Uh, this week, as you alluded to, Greg, is uh, a bit of an, un- yeah, it is. it's an unusual week. In, in the life of the church is out of the ordinary. Christmas Eve is on, uh, must be on Friday. Uh, so we've got some Christmas Eve services before we actually have Sunday service and some of the Christmas Eve scriptures uh, we've actually already talked about in Monday check-in. <laughs> and um, So I thought parts of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we'd go a different route entirely and just have a kind of a, a general conversation about Advent and, and Christmas Eve, uh, perhaps in particular and, and anticipating moving spiritually into the season uh, of Christmas and sort of talk about that in general. Does that seem reasonable? That seems very reasonable to me. I think that'll be good. I think we'll probably mix in some of uh, what what we would normally do on Christmas Eve. Um, and then we actually have a Sunday coming up two days after Christmas Eve. We we're leading worship again because the clock just keeps running. Doesn't it, Damon? <laughs> it never ends. There's no, there's no game over. It's it's 52 weeks a year plus additional services for Christmas and mm-hmm. Lent. And, yeah. Yep. There's no, ah, congratulations. You're finished. <laughs> It just keeps going. Um, so yeah, and so maybe we'll talk a little bit about what that uh, service on the 26th uh, will look like. Maybe some of the scripture that'll be used for it. Maybe that ties in in general with with the moving into the Christmas season. So, but I wanted to start. Folks are are eagerly anticipating uh, Christmas Eve. Hotly anticipated. Christmas Eve service. So I want to start here. Uh, why don't you, oh wait, we should have a prayer. We should start with a prayer. That sounds who's, good. Who's doing that? I think it's your turn. 
Okay, I'll open us with a word of prayer. Loving and gracious God, thank you for this opportunity to converse in this way. I pray that uh, what we describe, what we talk about, the inspirations that, that we find personally in the season might resonate with those who listen might inspire them uh, to share or to, to ponder the inspirations that they find during this holy season. Thank you for these weeks of preparation. Hopefully we have used them well, and if not, we got a few days left. So uh, be with us now, O oh God, as we enter into conversation with one another. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to share with, let's start with just a little bit of, just just tell us something, Greg, um, a favorite thing about Advent or maybe Christmas Eve in, in particular. Mm, yeah, it's interesting because uh, rituals and traditions become such an important part of this for us, right? And um, I think they become such an important part of our celebration of Christmas. We think that they may even have uh, grounding in biblical or theological practices, but sometimes they don't, <laughs> right. um, but they're part of it. And, and like the Advent wreath for me is one of those things. Um, it's just something that uh, my family and I have done uh, since as far back as I can remember, we would have a small Advent wreath in our house and we would connect that to the Advent wreath that was always in my church. Um, and I was at a worship workshop in November where the workshop leader uh, told us, and I didn't fact check this or verify it, but that the Advent wreath was created by Cokesbury, which is a Christian supply house that sells worship aids and litter, like tools and, and candles and stuff like that. Uh, and it was really designed just to, uh, for them to be able to have something to sell in the weeks leading up to Christmas. And that devastated me. And, and again, I haven't fact checked that, because it does mean a lot to me, uh, but it's taken on meaning and significance. And that's one thing we do as people of faith is, is we imbue meaning and significance on to ordinary things. And so that Advent wreath is one of those things that's taken on a lot of meaning and significance to me because of my memories as a child sitting around um, our dining room table, lighting the candles and reading prayers and liturgies. Um, and then doing that in church too. My church had a very similar thing that we do at First Pres, where a family is invited to come light the Advent wreath. Um, and I grew up in a smaller church, so my family didn't do it every year, but we were often a family that was called to light the Advent wreath probably every other year. And I just have really fond memories of that and, and that being part of my Advent experience. What about you? Well, I was just going to say, I don't, even if... Cokesbury did invent the Advent wreath, which I don't think that they, I, I think to say that they invented it may be a bit of a step. I do not doubt that they promoted it and in, you know, and encouraged churches to pick up the practice, right? But that doesn't mean that it's not a meaningful thing, you know? It, it just means that it's, it's an option, <laughs> uh, you know, among many's. Um, and the candles, we oftentimes, you know, work our worship services and our thinking and our reflection and our prayers around these themes of peace, hope, love, and joy, right? You could just as easily work in any other sorts of themes that you wanted. Um, 
that would help you to consider the season of Advent. But and we're actually doing that uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we're doing a um, what we call a blue Christmas service for people who are experiencing grief or loss, and we repurpose the candles on the Advent wreath to help us reflect on the grief that we're experiencing during the holiday season. So yes. Uh, and that's a new tradition for me. I just started doing that a few years ago, that Blue Christmas service. And that has taken on additional significance, which makes me love the Advent wreath even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something about, um, so Maggie, um, Maggie Nielsen, who mm-hmm. uh, runs our social media stuff, um, she asked, um, some, maybe I think it was last week, asked that I reply to the prompt, why do we light candles? during Advent. And uh, my first response is because it's fun, um, right? But like, there's something about the, like the yeah, there's a candle right there. The physical act, uh, when we worship, it, it makes us or encourages us, I suppose, to worship not just in mind and not just in spirit, but, but to be like, you have to be physically present to light a candle, right? And so it, like, there's something about that ritual that draws our whole selves into it in a way that we don't um, necessarily do with everything else. So um, I think, well, I don't think this, I know this, on on the Christmas Eve service in particular, the the practice, uh, which is a practice that I grew up with, I I assume you grew up with it as well. Um, the singing of Silent Night uh, in a dimmed sanctuary and the passing of the, the Christ light amongst the, the people of faith is, I'm getting goosebumps actually right now, just thinking about it. <laughs> um, and it's, for me, it's a thing that, the, it's a visual, it's a striking visual thing um and we've mentioned this on christmas eve service <laughs> the last several years that we have one of the best seats in the house for that because we typically stand at the front of the sanctuary and we can you can l- literally watch the the light as it spreads and as it illumines people's faces and it illumines the entire sanctuary um it's it's one of those really holy feeling things and you mentioned this as well. It, it makes me think of my little home church growing up and it makes me think of my grandparents and it, it draws me into that connection with my family, even though we're, you know, miles apart. And um, it's, and I think in that way, there's something eternal about it. Right. That, uh, my, my grandparents passed away uh, several years ago, right? And yet in that moment, I'm still connected to them. Right? So there's, there's something timeless about it uh, that I really like on, on a Christmas Eve service. And it's quiet. <laughs> I like things that are quiet. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you actually hit on the next one that I was going to talk about, Damon, is the silent lit candle. Uh, the candlelit silent night, not the silent lit candle night. <laughs> yeah, that that would work too, I guess. Um, yeah, Light that, that candle that, quietly. That is a ritual that is is meaningful 
to me and, and harkens my my childhood church and, and all that. And, and we've added a new layer of meaning and ritual to it. I, I showed this candle um, and uh, we had something really neat happen this past week uh, in that the flame that lit this candle came to us all the way from Bethlehem. Uh, we talk about candles often being the light of Christ and that's part of the reason that we light candles at the beginning of every service is to remind us of the presence of the light of Christ. And um, this candle came, this flame came to us all the way from, from Bethlehem, kind of like an Olympic torch in late November, folks go in and they light flames, light candles and lamps off of uh, an eternal lamp that burns in the church of the nativity where it's traditionally understood Jesus was born. And then that light passes throughout the world. And there's even Austrian airways flies it with a guardian across the ocean and it lands in New York and a hundred people show up there with candles and lanterns and they light them and it gets passed um, similar to how it does in the sanctuary. But you can imagine this happening across the world. Um, and so we, uh, we got, we get to be part of that this year uh, and probably for future years too. So that's perhaps a new tradition or ritual that uh, we're establishing that hopefully will be meaningful to us in the future. And uh, perhaps if one of the children of our church grows up to be a pastor, they'll talk about this when they're talking about one of their favorite Advent or Christmas Eve rituals, who knows? Yeah. Now you're, you're not talking about Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, are you? I'm not uh, talking about Bethlehem, uh, Palestine. Yeah. I, I would think that some of our, 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 our traveling pilgrims that went to the Holy Land a couple of years ago might find a particular meaning and significance in that. You would be right. Um, I, I, I actually had the flame passed to me on Friday and I brought it to the church for safekeeping and ran into one of the pilgrims from our trip, uh, Neil Hoff and explained to him what it was and he pulled out his phone and still on his phone from our trip over two years ago had pictures of our our pilgrimage and our and our visit to the church of the nativity in bethlehem and he had a picture of likely the very lamp where this flame was lit um and that was pretty special yeah i think it's cool for sure so okay so tell us about why are rituals important right like we, we fill our religious lives <laughs> with rituals, right? And, and we fill our secular lives also with rituals, whether or not we really uh, are aware of it. But um, what is it about a ritual that is important? Yeah. Well, I think I opened our conversation with this idea of us sort of imbuing or, or putting meaning on to um, mundane and secular objects and it's something that we do as christians uh it's something that all world religions do but in particular as christians and obviously we can reflect on our sacraments um and the ritual of baptism um you know there's sprinkling tap water on a child's head is well i mean kids take showers every day right uh, but there's there's a ritual <laughs> maybe not every day there's a ritual <laughs> And there's a, there's a tradition to that that has become meaningful for us, sacred for us, sacramental yeah. for us. And um, it's an important way for us to connect with our past um, and connect with our faith in multi-sensory ways. And so I think that uh, that's one of the 
important parts of, of, of these rituals, connecting with our past, connecting with the saints who have come before us, and, and also, you know, engaging all of our senses in the practice of our faith, whether it's sprinkling, head on, uh, sprinkling water on the head of a child or, you know, the heat of a candle. Um, and watching the flame flicker and burn. These are, you know, or a song, um, thinking about reading lyrics of a song and singing lyrics of a song and, and then adding the passing of a, a light with that. And all of a sudden we have engaged our whole beings and we are, as humans, we are embodied creatures. And one of the things that we, we talk about during Advent and Christmas is, is the incarnation, the God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. These are embodied things and they, they remind us of, of that our physical world is also sacred and spiritual. Yeah, I think that point of they become ways in which we connect with the sacred, right? Um, I think that that's a really important point I think also that we're generally pretty forgetful and, and having a ritualized thing, a thing that we have done over and over again, or having a thing that is like a little trick that we can use to remember uh, an important doctrine or an important truth about God is from a practical standpoint, is incredibly helpful, right? If we can have an, an actual physical light, that we can light a candle to remind ourselves how Christ is light in the world, right? And we are called to be light in the world, or we are called to be warmth in the world, or we are called to be life-giving in the same way that that little flame um, is warmth and is life-giving or life-giving. Um, like from, from like from like a purely like practical standpoint, right? This, these are the ways that we continually remind ourselves, remind ourselves who who we are and who we are called to be. Right? Um, so there you go. That's why we have. <laughs> maybe that's why we have rituals. I think that's a, a huge part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back maybe a little bit, getting a little um, wistful now. Get this, it's the end of the year. It's a good time to be wistful, right? Uh, looking back at the, at the weeks of Advent, we've had all four of our Advent services, uh, Sunday services. Um, what, what do you hope that folks didn't miss during Advent this year. And it could be, um, you know, an, an actual thing that happened, <laughs> you know, or, or it could be something else, I suppose, as well. But um, is there, yeah, is there anything that, that kind of jumps out to you? You know, this is, this is really important about Advent, and I, and I hope that folks didn't step over that or step past it this year. Yeah, I think um, this is the third year that we've done the reverse Advent calendar, and part of the reason we do that is is a is an attempt uh, to refocus or reorient ourselves and our lives during the season of Advent uh, to think about a way of of self emptying and self giving. That Advent is a season of preparation for Christ's coming, and to prepare for Christ's coming, we don't go out and buy a bunch of stuff. Uh, special gifts and, and, and expensive gifts, 
but instead we're called to self-empty and to give of ourselves. That that is one of the the gifts I think of this reverse Advent calendar. And Damien, you do a nice job of framing that each year the, the, for the three years we've done it. Um, and I think that's particularly meaningful. I, I will often say rather than opening a little door on a, on a, a calendar and taking out a piece of chocolate, instead we are choosing to give something of ourselves to sacrificially give. And that is how we prepare our hearts and minds. That's the waiting and preparation piece. And that's also, as, as you so beautifully described this year, that's the work of hope that we are called to, that Advent is this season of hope and anticipation, but it's not a passive hope, it's an active hope. Um, and so I hope, I hope that uh, that is what, uh, what folks got out of the season of Advent this year, for sure. Yeah, we've, um, I, you use that example of, you know, contrasting the reverse Advent calendar with an actual Advent calendar. I, I, folks are really, I imagine folks are really familiar with that practice of, uh, yeah, you, you open a little, we had those growing up. Love them. Um, My daughter has two of them right now. Mm-hmm. One, yeah. one has Legos in it, and one has um, like rocks, rare rocks, and uh, like gemstones from national parks mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, my mom used to, until just a few years ago. My mom used to still send us Advent calendars um, during that during the Advent season. But there is uh, like. And we've kind of, I think we've kind of stumbled a, a, upon this like self-emptying and self-filling language, I think maybe even just this year, that that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think is a is a good way to sort of to think about the season uh, that we're preparing to remember what it is like to receive a, a self-emptying messiah. Right, uh, a self-emptying God, um, and so, and so we we may want to take on some of those practices for ourselves, and, and to think of it as a. I'm not like counting down the days until I get this thing that I really want, uh, and which, it could be a thing, it could be a gathering, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I'm, I'm preparing my spirit to, to be able to move in more Christ-like ways in this season of Christmas. Um, yeah, that I think is really, is really interesting. And I, don't, I, I hope that folks didn't um, miss an, an opportunity to, to really wait. Um, <laughs> I don't wait really well as a, as a culture. We don't really wait well. Um, we're not good at, at sitting, sitting still for starters. And also I think we don't wait well because waiting is act is scary. Actually. Um, like when you really, like, we know you, you mentioned this on Sunday. <laughs> in your show. We know how the Christmas story ends. we know what's going to happen on christmas eve um like when you're like in your life when you're really waiting for something that you actually don't know the answer to um is is a is kind of a frightening thing and 
and not that it's not a good, but um, so I don't know, to be able to practice waiting in like some kind of safe ways <laughs> um, seems like a seems like a good thing. Um, and and to be able to to sit in questions, I think is important. Yeah, I like that. Um, looking ahead to this kind of transition between Advent and Christmas, uh, we move out of the season of Advent and into the uh, Christmas tide or the season of Christmas uh, between the 25th and, and Epiphany on January 6th. Uh, are there things that you folks, that you hope folks take up in Christmas? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. Thanks. That's why I put it on our little sheet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I hope they continue in the trend of generosity. I hope that the generosity of spirit, generosity of time, generosity of energy. I think uh, there's there's so much value. Like there is a spirit of generosity in Christmas, and part of giving nice gifts to other people is because we're generous and we want to do that. And, and I don't yeah. want to diminish that. Um, but I hope that that spirit of generosity can continues and, and that it, it's beyond simply giving gifts, not that there's anything wrong with giving gifts, but sort of we enter into this Christmas season in the few weeks following Christmas with that spirit of generosity in our hearts. Um, and that it, it imbues all that we do, that we're willing to be generous with our time. Uh, if people need our time and, generous with our energy if folks need need our energy um it it can be hard in this time uh we've poured a lot into this season we're still pouring a lot into covid protocols and everything else and it feels like the tanks are kind of empty and so the thought of being generous right now could be difficult but um i think i mean it's it's that cliche thing in, in giving we receive and i think uh by pouring our spirits into generosity will we'll find that it is not a zero sum game that we are not um, we don't run out per se, that the more that we give, it often turns out the more we have to give. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly, you know, people tend to make a lot of uh, charitable donations, you know, during Advent and kind of in the run up to and around Christmas as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, why not keep lighting those candles, right? <laughs> um, you know, if it's if it's important to remind ourselves of these things during the season of Advent, then it's probably equally important to remind ourselves of them during Christmas. And, you know, and if folks have a an Advent wreath at home that they do light, why not just keep keep burning those things and, and until there's nothing left? of them. Um, I, I kind of wish that we did a Christmas devotional. Um, and maybe in addition to an Advent devotional, because there, there's sometimes a sense of like Christmas Eve is the finish line, right? And, and we've, we've used up all of our energy and all of our goodwill and, and everything to get, to, and we sang silent night it was beautiful 
And then you give a charge and a blessing and we sing joy to the world. Uh, go tell on the mountain. <laughs> go, yeah, go tell it on the mountain, excuse me. Um, and so we go and, and it, there is sometimes a sense of, okay, the race is run. Um, that's it. But, but we're actually going to have worship on the 26th, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so the sense of, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I say let's keep lighting the candles. That's what I say. I say go for it. Uh, by all means, let's light the Advent candles on the 26th. Let's do it again on January 2nd. Um, I'm all for that. Sure. We can do it. That's already in the bulletin for the 26th. Well, and I'm I'm going to write the bulletin for uh, for January second this week at some point, and so <laughs> uh, it's going to happen, man. Yeah. So I know it's a it's a really um, this this time of year, especially when we get closer and closer to Christmas, um, and and folks are traveling, and folks are always worried about the the weather, and you know, are we are we going to be able to get to this gathering and we got this gathering and then we have to pack up to go to this other gathering. And then uh, we also have all of these other things going on um, and the, the, the buildup to Christmas Eve and to Christmas can be pretty hectic and, and chaotic. And so, but hopefully folks have, have found ways to, to really spend some time in reflection on on the season of advent and um i say if, if not there's you know four days left depending on how you count so <laughs> uh should we switch gears yeah let's uh let's talk about what's happening in the busy life of our beloved church and uh it starts tomorrow tuesday uh the 21st of december uh, as i mentioned we're doing this blue christmas service so if you um are feeling the grief of loss. Uh, if you've experienced a significant loss, it doesn't even have to be in the last year. And that is weighing heavily on you during this holiday season. We invite you to join us. It's a service of reflection. There's some candle lighting, there's some prayer, and it's uh, a meaningful time to, uh, to recognize uh, and name uh, some of that grief that we're feeling in the midst of a holiday season that's supposed to be um, so often about joy and hope and, and, and those things. Um, so we hope you can join us. That's uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, the 21st at uh, 7 p.m. here in the Sanctuary of First Presbyterian Church. And it's also an ecumenical service. There are going to be five or six faith leaders from other churches and faith communities around Hastings that are going to help lead that service. So we hope you can join us. There's no sermon. It's just uh, <laughs> some readings, some hymns, uh, and some candle lighting liturgies and rituals. So we hope you can join us for that. And that'll be, will that be live streamed as well? It will. Yeah. If you're not feeling comfortable coming in person, uh, that will be live streamed on our Facebook live page too. So that's Tuesday. Uh, and then we fast forward to Friday, which is normally Damon's and my uh, day we try to take off. Uh, that's not happening this Friday because it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> and Yay! We have a really exciting lineup of services for Christmas Eve this year. Uh, back to in-person worship. Last year, we did that really cool Christmas Eve service as a drive-in service in the parking lot of the Hastings College Football Stadium, and that went really well. Um, this year, we're back to in-person. So we're going to start Christmas Eve at 2.30 in the afternoon. 
with a service that we take to College View, one of the nursing homes here, uh, where we have a number of our members who live. Uh, it's a retirement community. We're not supposed to call it a nursing home, right? Um, and uh, anyways, so we have a service for the, the residents of College View and their families, and we bring some of our choir members with us, and it's a delightful service. It also gives me a chance to run through my Christmas Eve sermon once, which is always a blessing, um, with an audience who's very uh, happy that we're there. So uh, it's good. Uh, so that's at 2.30 over at College View. Uh, and then uh, back here at, at First Pres at 5.30, we'll have our family-oriented Christmas Eve service. I will be reading um, for that service from a book called The Fourth Wise Man, based on a novella by Henry Van Dyke, who was a professor at Princeton Seminary. Uh, that will be our family-oriented service. Uh, it will be led with uh, me and our director of Christian education, Rose Kep. Uh, we hope you can be there for that. And it will end with a candlelit silent night. Always makes me nervous with children in flames. Doesn't make Damon nervous at all. So I'm trying to lean into Damon's chillness about this. It's fine. I mean, none of those kids drove themselves there. It's true. <laughs> So that's at 5.30. Uh, and then at 7.30, Damon and I will be doing our more traditional Christmas Eve service. Um, while I won't be reading this book for the sermon, uh, if you're curious, the title of my sermon for that service is called The Other Magi, which might be inspired a bit by this. Um, and we're going to talk about the, the, the visitors from the East and their wisdom and how it's possible that uh, that we have something to learn from them. So anyways, that's 7.30. And then uh, what's happening at 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve, Damon? At 11 o'clock um, here in, in the sanctuary, we will have uh, what's the proper title of it is the Holden Evening Prayer Service. Um, this is a, a quieter contemplative service um, filled with some really um, lovely lovely music and uh, we will will light some candles during that service as well um, so yes that's that is um, that's one of my favorite things <laughs> is the holden evening prayer service um, and I I'm pretty sure you'll tell me if I'm wrong. That service will be live. I think all of our services will be live streamed. Uh, except the 2.30 service. But yes, 5.30, right. 7.30, and 11 o'clock will all be live streamed. So uh, we yeah. hope you can join us one way or another. Yeah. So if you, you, know, if you don't feel like uh, getting out of your PJs and <laughs> coming to the church at 11 o'clock, I, I really do recommend, you know, um, Turn you know, turn the lights down in the house and and put the whole evening prayer service. Get the Yule log. Everybody's doing the Yule log. Get that off your screen. Put the whole evening prayer service on there at eleven o'clock, and uh, it'll be lovely. I will. Um, I have a confession to make: is that uh, Damien has run that service for the last few years. Uh, and I don't often make it to it because by 11 o'clock, after having done the 2.30, 5.30, and 7.30 service, I'm tired. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. 
but last year, because of uh, COVID, we actually pre-recorded that service and then we uh, we released it at eleven o'clock on Christmas Eve. And so I participated with Damon in that service uh, in the in the recording of that service. And I found it very meaningful, so meaningful, in fact, that um, there's a decent chance that I'll either be there in person or I will be sitting at home watching the service uh, this Christmas Eve. So there's there's your endorsement. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lovely thing. All of these services are lovely things. You know, there's um, holy and sacred moments in all of them, I find. So um, shall we have a closing prayer? Yeah, um, I was looking for my Advent devotional guide, but there's too much paper on my desk from planning all the worship services I'm planning, so I can't find it. Do you have yours handy? I do, yes. Do you want to close us with a prayer from that? Sure. Let me find one real real quick. Well, let's, may I, may I read one that was written by you? Sure. Okay. It's for December 24th. So it seems appropriate. Uh, that's what we're saying. There's some, I mean, there's lovely prayers in all of the weeks and, and hopefully folks have been uh, reading and, and following along. There's some very lovely prayers in this week as well. Uh, let us join together in prayer. Dear Emmanuel, God with us. Is there anything more hopeful than this truth that we celebrate on Christmas Eve, that you promise to be with us, and then you fulfill that promise? Throughout the narrative arc of scripture from Genesis to your revelation, you repeatedly promise to be our God, and we promise to be your people. On Christmas Eve this year, may each of us be filled with hope of this promise, that Jesus is born, Emmanuel, God with us. And then may each of us do the work of hope to uphold our end of the promise that we are your people. May we show that work through our acts of love, joy, peace, and hope to the world. Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.